Alex Edler turns. CeCe knocks it down. Second zone. Keep shot. Save. Rebound. Score. Point blank. And the Oilers make it 3-0 as it's deposited home. Heavy net front traffic in Evander Kane. Centering pass. Off target intended for Evander Kane for Pugliarvi. Here's a blast by CeCe. A save. Peterson. The rebound. Scored by Evander Kane. For Kane, 25 seconds. Tried to thread through to Nugent Hopkins. Kapari's penalty is over. Nugent Hopkins right corner. Backdoor score. There's a hat trick. Evander Kane and Nugent Hopkins. It's his turn to have two goals and an assist in the third period. It is a crushing of the Kings tonight by your Edmonton Oilers. 8-2 is the final in Game 3. Edmonton leads the best of 7-2-1. Evander Kane with a hat trick. Mike Smith, excellent in goal again. He makes 44 stops. Happy Friday night, everybody. 20 after 11, along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. The Oilers led 2-0 after 1. They got three goals in 3 minutes and 24 seconds about halfway through the second period to go up 5-0. L.A. did make it semi-interesting with a couple goals and a couple of power play chances. But really, Rob, this was a dominating performance. I think every position set by the Oilers tonight. It was, and it started with good goaltending. In the first period, the L.A. Kings came out and played well. Uh, they controlled plays, play at time in the first. They had a number of opportunities uh, the penalty killing for the Oilers were able to kill some things off, but Mike Smith was good in the first period. And when Edmonton had their chances in the first, and they had two glorious opportunities, uh, the two-on-one, and then on the power play, they capitalized. And that's the difference in this series. The Edmonton Oilers have guys that can capitalize, and the LA Kings don't. And the Edmonton Oilers are, have depth players. They, their third line uh, had three goals in the third period alone, as Nugent Hopkins had a couple goals and an assist. So this is a, a team in Edmonton that uh, can roll lines. They can score on the power plate. Their penalty killing has been exceptional, and they're getting good goaltending. It, it's tough for the LA Kings, and if the LA Kings don't score first in the hockey game, it's just too big a mountain for them to climb because then they have to play into the style that the Edmonton Oilers want them to play in, and the Edmonton Oilers pick them apart. But back-to-back uh, -back exceptional games for the Edmonton Oilers, followed up by you know the very first game. The Oilers played well in the first game as well. So the Oilers have started this year's playoff off very well, and they've been rewarded with two victories. Well, on a big night for 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous, an $800 donation from James H. Brown and Associates, unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. James H. Brown giving 100 bucks for every Oilers goal this season. Okay, back to L.A. Here's head coach Jay Woodcroft. On a way to get the win. Um... Uh, I thought there was lots to like in our game today. Um, contributions up and down the lineup. Uh, big, big time goaltending. Special teams were good again, and yeah, it was it was a good game for us tonight. Just a continuation of momentum. In the last game. Oh, I'm not a I'm not a big believer in in momentum carryover. I think you have to reestablish things. Um, I think heading into tonight's game, we expected a push from them. Uh, there's certainly you know lots of shots on net from all angles and all that kind of stuff. But I thought we displayed um, some perseverance, some persistence, and uh, some patience to our game and struck. Uh, when the, the time was right. And so, um, as I said, I think it's a good 
good sign for us that we got contributions from everybody in a big team win. Okay, it was a two game, very lopsided, but how much closer could it could it have been without Mike Smith tonight? Well, I thought Mike was very good. Yeah, I mean, he's been, I think Mike's been very good the whole series. And, uh, you know, he certainly calms the waters uh, there. But you got to understand, too, and it's something we talked to our players about it. You know, the tactic of shooting from all angles and stuff it, on the shot clock, it, it feels um, like there's a lot of numbers up there. But, um, you know, when we go back and relook at the game, we, we, try and look for chances and uh, what we're giving up and understanding that but when we needed Mike he was there he's been rock solid for us the entire series your team though was then able to kind of quell some of their better chances and, and keep them at bay yeah, I, yeah. I, we certainly gave up a few chances but um, I thought uh, we did some things to um, limit high quality ones and uh, that's a credit be, uh, to our players because it takes a lot of effort and it's a demanding style to play and um, what I take most joy out of as a coach is watching um, all of the people in our lineup contribute uh, and uh, bring that type of effort and intensity because it's been been quite noticeable. Mike put the loss on himself in game one but he also you could tell that he was kind of uh, ready to put it behind him and, and make amends for it. Would you say the last two games? This is what I would say. I thought yeah. game one was a 3-3 hockey game in the third period. I thought we had the chance to win that game. In the end uh, there was a, a puck handle that went awry but he made a big save. The goal that went in was shot off net and went in off someone's pants. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't go there. I think uh, we've had the chance to win all three games here. Um, and uh, as I said after game number two, our uh, enjoyment is going to come here in the next 15 minutes or so. And then uh, we're going to rest up rejuvenate and get ready for game number four so i mean six nothing and eight two from outside it looks like you guys are pulling away and that this yeah i, I don't see it like that i think uh, each game is worth um the game yeah <laughs> the game and, and and in a playoff series yeah it's not worth two points but in a playoff series you, your job is to try and get to four and so the score of the game doesn't matter if it's a 2-1 triple overtime game or if it's um um, a little bit more lopsided. That that doesn't matter. We have to um, make sure that we're doing the necessary things to see how we played clearly and what can improve, what areas we want to continue to emphasize. And if we do that and rest up properly, I think uh, it'll serve us well heading into game number four. But again, that is one game. Game number four is one game, and that's what we're preparing for. That's where our attention is. What How is much it? did... Go ahead, what has Evander Kane added to your lineup since he came Yeah, well, he's a finisher, so he's someone who can score. Um, he's paired up with Connor, and Connor's one of the best playmakers in the world. He's the best player in the world. Um, so when you pair a finisher with the best player in the world, things good things are happening. Um, but I also think he... And I've, I've said this to him personally. I, I think he has really good habits in his game. He he does a lot of really good things. He goes to hard areas. He stops. Doesn't fly by um, confrontation. He's physical. Uh, he invests on uh, other teams' defense core. And uh, he's been a real good addition for us. He's a big part of... Uh, 
you know why we're at where we're at you got uh you got some early goals here and you worked into a lead to play with mm -hmm. and what did you sense on your bench when you guys were able to get to that point and how how crucial was that composure calm really good communication uh, i really liked the the talk on our bench um even when the other team pushed a little bit at the end of the second period there our guys are saying the right things um i i feel a real esprit de corps amongst our group um people that are working hard for each other and um you know it's it's a fun group to stand behind tonight it was a good win for us but as i said i'm i'm trying to bring it back to the baseline here and uh we're gonna do what we need to do to recuperate and get ready for uh game number four on sunday you know their their game their crowd a lot of young players have been in the playoffs mm -hmm. is there extra value to those early goals well we have a lot of young players with not a lot of playoff experience as well um so uh some of our young guys are getting their footing in in a important playoff series i uh, i just think um you know we were expecting anytime you you're coming off of a, a non-win in a playoff series um, you usually get the other team's best effort right off the bat and we were ready for it I thought we were surgical in um, you know in taking advantage of opportunities that presented themselves I thought they you know ran around a little bit to try and get physical with us we handled it with um, good composure we made more plays than them and we ended up getting the win tonight yeah yeah you got to remember too that i came up in uh february 10th dave manson and i came up from bakersfield so i wasn't part of the whole uh, recruitment of or signing of evander uh, i think he had played four or five games before uh, dave and i were up and i only know what i see I see someone who's a good professional, someone who goes to the rink every day with a purpose to be the best that he can be, someone who compliments some of the best players in the world. Um, I see a good teammate, and um, you know he certainly makes us a better team. Good, thanks, guys. Thanks, Jay. That is Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft after an 8-2 win over the Los Angeles Kings. You know what that means. Japanese Village Goal Light is on. Go to 630Ched.com, print up a coupon for a free appetizer to Japanese Village featuring Alberta's own Brant Lake Wagyu. Visit jvedmonton.ca. We turn that on whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game. They got there uh, before the game was half over tonight. Rob, it was pretty cool. Uh, I've been Rogers' place where they had the watch party. We saw some hats come onto the ice in Los Angeles. A lot of Oilers fans at that game. People threw their hats here uh, <laughs> in, a, in an arena where the game was not being played. It was... Uh, Oh, I don't know. It, was, it wasn't quite full, and they don't sell quite all the seats. Because the first five rows, they don't sell because you couldn't look up and see the scoreboard, but I think it was still around 13,000, 14,000 here tonight, and there were hats thrown when Kane got his third goal. Well, that's kind of cool. It just shows you how invested this city is in this Oilers run. Um, I was around in 2006 when they had their, long, their last long run, and I remember the excitement that the city had every second night for, for two months. Uh, everyone, you were either in a bar or in a house with somebody or hanging out. It was all Oilers all the time. And it just has that feeling right now. You're seeing all the flags on the cars as you drive by on game day. Everyone's got their Oilers jerseys on. I've, I've walked past uh, the ice district before a game, saw how incredibly packed it was tonight, the watch party. 
there is a buzz in Edmonton about this team, and, and there should be. This is a good hockey club, and uh, they've got everything going for them right now, and people are excited about what they can do. And, and when they win games 6 nothing, 8-2 in playoffs, I mean, that's 1980s-type scores in playoffs. You don't see that often nowadays. So it just gets everyone even more excited. So not shocked at all that people would be showing their excitement at a hat-trick goal by throwing their, their hat on the ice. And, and it's good to see it. it. And I've said it for years, ever since I moved back to Edmonton after I retired, the mood in the city of Edmonton will be dependent on how the Oilers did the night before. And I can tell you right now, Saturday in Edmonton and surrounding is going to be a really happy, fun type of mood. And going into Mother's Day, there's going to be a lot of mothers getting big, big Mother's Day presents because of the excitement. Everyone wants to have a good time. So it's a, it's a good time to be in Edmonton. It's a good time to be an Edmonton Oilers fan. Okay, 8-2 Oilers is your final tonight. You're going to hear from Connor McDavid. He was excellent yet again. And, of course, we're happy to hear from you on the hotline powered by Certainty, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. Certainty, pro all the way. This is Heartland Ford, Overtime Open Line. Side of the net, turned over, quick shot to save Mike Smith on Brendan Lemieux. Well, another good performance by Mike Smith. 44 saves. That's his save of the game for Reface Magic. Save money on your kitchen renovation. Don't replace Reface. 8-2. The Oilers win it. Tons of stats to go over tonight, and you're probably seeing some of the uh, other ones announced on social media about, uh, for example, last road hat trick in the playoffs by an Edmonton Oiler Tikkanen that was April 26 1992 that's Evander Kane's first playoff hat trick a lot of uh, impressive performances tonight by the Edmonton Oilers Cody Cece had three assists by the way uh well I gotta get to this Rob I set the line before the game points by Oilers defenseman at two and a half they get to six because Barry had an assist and Bouchard had two assists so it is indeed over courtesy River Cree Resort and Casino excitement bet on it. So we are going to give out that $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card to McHale, who took the over. I, I thought Cody Cece, I know he got the points, Rob, which always helps, but I thought he had another good game. Well, he's been probably and most likely the Oilers' most uh, consistent defenseman all season long. Uh, he was a wild card coming in. There were a lot of people that weren't excited about the CC signing. Uh, and he came in and proved most people wrong. He's been excellent. And uh, in, in this series, he, he he's a guy that plays against the other team's top players. He's consistent. He he gives a little bit extra uh, room for, for Nurse to jump up in the play if he wants. And I, I think the one part of his game that I never knew about, and, and you saw more and more as the season went on, is his ability to create offense. He's not a guy that's going to lug the puck up the ice like a Kale McCarr. But he makes nice plays. He, he moves the puck to the right people. In the offensive zone, he pinches at the right time and keeps the puck and puts it into places that allows his players to get to it. So uh, CeCe was excellent. And and the Oilers are, uh, as they go further in, in this series, in the playoffs, uh, he will become more and more important when you're playing in your first pairing. Cody Cece's tonight's fourth star of the game for Sentinel Storage. Shop Canadian, store Canadian, head to sentinel.ca. Kane Hyman McDavid picked one, two, three in the building. I think several 
Oilers would have qualified for uh, any of the stars tonight as they dominate with an 8-2 victory. Todd McClellan, the coach of the Kings, I'm just seeing on Twitter here, his entire post-game media availability lasted 31 seconds. Uh, Russell Morgan, <laughs> who covers the Kings, has been kind enough to transcribe the whole thing. McClellan said, we can do this really quickly tonight. I can summarize it all up for you, and we can all go home. We weren't any good. We're really disappointed. We got trapped playing their game. You can ask me about individuals. They weren't any good, and we have to regroup tomorrow. <laughs> Grundy didn't play because he had an injury. Anybody have anything else? Good night. Well, he went to the to the Daryl Sutter School of um, Media Availability, and, and it's true. I mean, they're... It, this would be a tough one to sit and answer questions because you don't want to single players out, but there's nobody on your team that really stood out in a in a good way. Um, the, the LA Kings, they fell behind. They And I said to Bob when the game ended, the LA Kings came out and played well in the first period. They, they had uh, ample opportunities. They had good offensive zone coverage. Uh, they made one mistake. I, I believe it was Edler pinched in on a, on a chance on a four and four and gave up the two on one. And then they took a penalty where the Oilers scored on a power play. Other than that, uh, the Kings had a lot of good offensive zone time. But the LA Kings are not a team that can come back. And as soon as the Edmonton Oilers extended their one nothing lead to two, well, then, as Todd just said there, they played Edmonton's game because they had to. They're, they need too many chances to be able to, to, to finish because they don't have the, the one guy that just gets his one opportunity and it's in the back of the end. They don't have those players. So they have to work so hard for their chances. And when they all of a sudden fall behind by two and they're thinking, we got to score three goals now. Oh my, that is a big mountain to climb. So uh, the LA Kings had success in this series when they scored first in game one. And in the two games that they trailed, they got bombed because they had to open up the game and get away from where their strengths are. You're going to hear from uh, Connor McDavid and Evander Kane as we move along tonight. But to the certainty hotline, this gentleman was at the game. Andrew checking in tonight. Andrew, go ahead. Oh, hey, guys. Uh, good to talk to you. Uh, my first time calling, but I uh, listen uh, every night. Um, yeah, I was at the game. I uh, just wanted to say I uh, was kind of disappointed in the in the crowd. I mean, I, uh, it's my first playoff game I've ever been to, but... Uh, I wasn't expecting uh, it to be like an Oilers game, but uh, I thought the crowd was kind of flat, and I was just wondering uh, if, Rob, you thought, uh, you know, the Kings went into Edmonton and had to deal with the crowd there, and then they come home, and it's just, I don't know if it seemed flat to you guys, but it seemed really flat to me here. Oh, first of all, Rob, sorry, I'll just jump in. Andrew, where, where do you live? Are you an Edmontonian, or do you live down there? I was born in Edmonton, but I live in Fresno now, which is about four hours oh. north. Um, cool. I, uh, I got off work at 1230 because I, I started at 4 a.m., and uh, my wife and I jumped in the car and uh, came down to L.A. Okay. Well, first of all, lucky you. Uh, I'd love to be living in California in the wintertime here of Edmonton. Um, home crowds help. They, they absolutely do. The, the energy, you, especially if things aren't going right, the energy that the crowd can give you and give you a boost and get you going in the right direction, and it certainly happens here in Edmonton. L.A. Um, isn't the hockey-mad crowd that Edmonton is. Um, and then the fact that the L.A. Kings fell behind 2-0 fairly early in the hockey game uh, took a, probably a lot of the wind out of the sails of the fans. I don't, I've never been to L.A. for a playoff series, so I don't know if this is typical. Um, but you are right. It, if you want to experience a playoff hockey game, there's other buildings like Edmonton that would have a much more playoff feel 
than what we saw in L.A. Now, from through the TV, because we're not in L.A., uh, you couldn't really tell. But I would imagine when your team's down too early and then uh, it turns into 3 nothing, 4 nothing, it would become very, very quiet very, very quickly. Yeah, I think that's a and somebody uh, we had a call the other night about the, the crowd here in Edmonton, which I didn't think was quiet, but we had a caller who thought that. But I, I said, yeah, the fans, it's cool to have energy and try to pump up your team. But I mean, the team's got to perform, right? I mean, you, you, you like, I'll put it this way. When you buy a ticket to a stand-up comedy performance, you go in ready to laugh. But if you're five or ten minutes in and the guy's not funny, you stop giving him the benefit of the doubt on the jokes that are three out of ten quality, right? So you gotta, it's got to work both ways. I That's a good point. And the, the, the fans have to give the players energy, but the players have to give the fans something to cheer for. Yeah. So it's a, you know, it goes both ways, and it works really well when both of them are on their game, as the others were in game two. But in L.A., it'd be tough to cheer tonight when your team... Uh, they they fell behind early, and it's like they're ready to get excited. They're ready to explode, but it, by the time they got their first goal, they're already down five nothing. It's hard to get too excited, knowing okay, we're going to lose anyways. How excited am I about this five one goal? So we'll see what it's like if they score first in game four. If they can get a little more energy there. Okay, eight two. The Oilers win. We'll also go to Bradley on the Certainty Hotline. Hey, Bradley, go ahead. Hey there, fellas. I uh, just wanted to comment. Uh, it was a fantastic game today. I wanted to talk about something I've noticed this playoff series. I know it's it's early in the series, but compared to years prior, I, I like what Woodcroft's doing where he has um, a lot of like balanced scoring. So if you're a team like LA Kings, you're you're in your uh, your meetings and you're highlighting how to stop Drysaddle, how to stop McDavid, but eventually uh, a player like Nugent Hopkins or, or Zach Hyman or Evander Kane the matchups are just going to favor in our scale. And when you see the performances we had tonight, I, I feel like, you know, obviously when you put up eight goals, you're going to feel good about yourself. But I feel like this bodes well for our, our playoffs. And I've never felt this confident with our depth. I'm just wondering if, if you two notice the same. Yeah, you're absolutely right. No, I don't know if this is, I don't think this is a Jay Woodcroft thing. Um, I, the Oilers have a better team than Dave Tippett had last year. Uh, the additions of Kane and Hyman, uh, have allowed the Oilers to put Nugent Hopkins on their third line. They, they didn't. They didn't have that luxury last year. They they couldn't spread the three centermen out because they just lacked offensive weapons on the wings. But it is. Uh, this is what the goal for the Oilers has always been to be able to run the three-headed monster, which, as you said, it creates mis- mismatches. Nugent Hopkins was a number one center in the National Hockey League for a number of years, and he's also been a number one winger in the National Hockey League for a few years. And now he's on your third line, and he's going at, at what's it, Lazat is the centerman on the third line for, for L.A. I mean, I, the kid works hard and, and got great heart, but he's not Ryan Nugent Hopkins. So that's a mismatch. So the Edmonton Oilers uh, are deep up front. They're getting great goaltending. Their specialty teams have been through the roof so far in this, in this um, postseason. Yeah, there's a, there's a big, uh, good reason for Oilers fans to be excited. This is the best Oilers team they've had in a long, long time. Their stars are playing great. Uh, they have the, I mean, there's still two more wins they need in this series, but the way they're playing uh, tends to give fans confidence that this is not, a, not the same team that we saw the last couple playoff years. Okay, 8-2 the final, and one of the new additions 
came in during this year. Hat trick tonight. Here's Evander Kane. Evander, how, uh, how much did it help tonight to, to get a couple goals and, and get working with a lead a little bit? Yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, we're a real good team with the lead. Um, I think scoring early, uh, countering their uh, their push in the first period and, and getting two uh, was a good start for us. And, you know, we knew we had a lot better after that first period going in the second. And I thought we did a great job of uh, responding with a push ourselves. It's been a real push these last two games. Like the number of goals you guys have scored, the amount of offense you're producing. Uh, what do you think snapped into place after the first game? Uh yeah, I think our five-on-five five games have gotten a lot better. Obviously, our special teams have been good uh, throughout these three games. I think, uh, you know, it's that time of year where you want to raise your game um, to a different level, and I think there's a lot of guys doing that right now. Are you one of them? I like to think so. <laughs> what did you like your goaltender tonight? Uh, it was great. I think, uh, you know, he was really, really solid for us in the first period there. Like I said, they had a push. Uh, they had some power plays. Um and he kept us in the game and, and, and got us out of there with a, a two nothing league. So he's been uh, he's been really good through the series. Vander Mike really put the onus at the you know the, he basically said he cost it, you guys the first game. I don't know if you believe that or not, but he then kind of you could tell he was resolved to, to make amends for it. How have you felt the last two games? He's really done that. Yeah, I think I, I mentioned it last uh, last game. Um, you know, he's a competitive guy. He's uh, mentally tough, and um, you know everybody makes mistakes. It's it's all about how you respond. Vander, a thought on how the scoring for your team has been so spread around in the series so far? Yeah, like I, like I said, I think, uh, you know, coming into the playoffs, you're excited. I think our group uh, has a lot of self-belief and, and guys want to take their game to the next level, and uh, you're seeing that throughout our lineup. You never know how a team's regular season is going to translate into the playoffs, especially with this team. Are, are we seeing right now that this is sort of a continuation of what you guys were doing down the stretch, that you're sort of settled in and you're comfortable in this environment? I think so. I think... Uh, you know, we, there's still room uh, for our game to, to improve. I think we can have better starts. I don't think we've had a, uh, a great start in, in any of the three games uh, throughout this series. But, uh, you know, we've, we've stuck with it, uh, and we're just continuing to build our game. It's 14-2 it's, it's over the last two games. Do you guys have to tell yourself to not get too far ahead of yourselves? Yeah, I, I don't really think we look at it as it's 14-2. I think we look at it as we're up 2-1 in the series, um, you know, with a really important game on Sunday. So uh, I think that's our focus moving forward. Evander, one thing that Jay always says with us media is that winning is a skill. Mm -hmm. And not only in the last couple of games where you guys have had large margins of victory, but in the later on in the season, you guys found different ways to win hockey games. What do you feel like this team is in terms of developing that skill? Yeah, I, I think, you know, we got up 5 nothing. Uh, they come with a little bit of a push in the second uh, and score two. And, you know, uh, there's there's lots of hockey left to be played, and they, they, they get their fans back in the building, and they probably get some energy on their bench. Um, but, you know, we come out and we stick with it. We have a strong third period, and, and, and we, we continue to, to push the pace and, and not sit back. I think that's, uh, you know, a real key to winning. Um, you know, when you get leads, it's, it's what do you do with them? Um, if you sit back and, and, you know, be comfortable, or do you continue to push? And I think we're doing a good job of that. Vander, considering how eventful this season it, is, it has been for you, how satisfying is it? First playoff hat trick, five goals in the series so far. Yeah, you know, I uh, it's been uh, the beginning of the year was very tough, you know, with a lot of different things going on in my life. Uh, you know, I just real credit to uh, my family um, uh, helping me through everything, and uh, you know, my uncle's actually in the hospital, and uh, I wanted to have a big game for him. So, um, you know, there's been a lot of uh, trials and tribulations, and it's nice to. Uh, 
turn the page and, and, and start to move forward in a positive way. Is there a point when you finally got comfortable being on this team and being on the line with Connor and Leon? And yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, honestly, right when I got to the, the rink the first day, I was really comfortable. Guys uh, were awesome and, and made me feel right at home. I think in terms of my on-ice game, probably took me 10 to 15 games to, to get comfortable again and get my legs back and, and obviously playing with Connor, um, you know, for the first time. Uh, it's going to take a little bit to build some chemistry, but I think we've done a great job of of building that and continuing to grow that uh, as we continue to move forward. This is the best you felt? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think, uh, you know, I started to feel really good around the 20-game mark and, um, you know, back to my old self. Can we ask what your yeah. name is? Uh, Leonard. Leonard? Yeah. Okay, thanks. What's he in the hospital for? Okay. Yeah. Sorry? What's he in the hospital for? Uh, so, Evander Kane, a little bit of insight into uh, something going on with him off the ice. His uncle Leonard is in the hospital, and Vander said he wanted to have a big game for him. I would think a playoff hat trick counts as he helps <laughs> the Edmonton Oilers route the Los Angeles Kings 8-2. You're also going to hear from Connor McDavid. Brian, you're up next on the Certainty Hotline. Quick timeout here, Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Up the left-hand side was dry subtle. Hyman breaks loose to the net, shoots and scores. Hyman's got his second of the game, and it's four nothing Edmonton. Well, Zach Hyman scores twice tonight. Oilers beat the Kings eight two. Rob, you were discussing with our, our last caller the Oilers' depth. Hyman and Kane coming in. I mean, they traded for Fogle. He's playing on the third or fourth line. Our adjustment of the game for pro drain text for peace of mind down the line. And just, again, watching Hyman, power, speed, skill. And I've really noticed in this playoff series, he's so good handling the puck. And he, he gets into situations where... You almost expect, oh, you know, that's he's not going to be able to hang on to the puck, but he's so good at retaining it. That drive he made, uh, I think it was early in the second period, where he, he came down the wing, held on to the puck, and then fired that pass in front to Yamamoto. To me, that's, I know he scored a couple, but to me, that's the ultimate Zach Hyman play, getting that puck down low, and then the play doesn't die. He's able to keep it alive and make something dangerous happen. Well, it's funny how you say that. There was, uh, for a few years here at Edmonton, the players that were playing with Connor or playing with Leon, the play would die on their stick too often. So the Oilers would get something going. It would go to one of the wingers and then turn over, get pushed off the puck, and it would go out the other way. Uh, yeah, it never dies on, on Hyman's stick. And I am still amazed after watching him all season long, and he still surprises me when he's carrying the puck down the boards. And it looks like, okay, he's about to get rubbed out, and then he'll kind of turn his back, and then he'll swing the other way. And all of a sudden, there's two opposition players in Hyman, and Hyman comes out with the puck and is able to make a play. He's as strong on the puck as Connor and Leon, and that says a lot. Uh, he's got no fear. He goes to the blue paint. Uh, tonight, he, he had a pair of goals, and he had two or three other grade-A scoring chances. He had uh, the one two-on-one that he shot on, and another one in front of the net. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers... In the last few years, when it came uh, to tough playoff hockey, we're, we're softer than the team they played against. They they weren't built for winning in the playoffs. And that's why, as Bob said earlier, when he talked about the Oilers would play Connor and Leon 27, 28 minutes, because they, didn't, they weren't capable of running lines. But they went out and got stronger physical players. They got a Hyman. They got a Kane. They got a Fogel. Uh, Cassian is now 
uh, a fourth line player, which makes him more effective because he plays eight to 10 minutes and he could play that physical, uh, intimidating style of hockey. Uh, so this is a team that's much better built to play playoff hockey. And it's funny uh, doing it. It didn't take away from the offense. It created more simply because they have guys that go to the, the right areas to score goals. I mean, Kane just hangs out in the blue paint, takes a beating or gives a beating, and then has got the ability to read the play. And Dennis Rodman talked about it. I saw the, the Michael Jordan documentary. He talked about he knew how to, when a guy was shooting, he knew how the puck would spin out of the hand so he knew exactly where to go to be on the right side for the rebound. Great goal scorers in front of the net. They read how the puck is coming in, and they put their body positioning to allow them to get to the rebound. And that's what Evander Kane did on his goal, deflected it and then used his body to ward off the defenseman and then got the puck around the back of the pad of quick. So these players, Hyman and Kane and, and Fogle, have given the Oilers depth that allows them to play Connor and Leon the proper amount of ice time and not have to lose momentum when they put out a third or a fourth line. Here's the out-of-town scoreboard for Edmonton Trailer. Looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers, head to edmontontrailer.com. Boston beats Carolina 4-2. Canes lead the series 2-1. Maple Leafs win 5-2 over the Lightning. They lead the series 2-1. They, th- this is a crazy series, Rob. The games have not been close, though I expect it's going to go seven games. The Wild beat Minnesota. The Wild beat Minnesota. Do I should throw in the North Stars and the Cleveland Barons while I'm at it. The Wild beat the Blues 5-1, so they lead that series uh, 2-1. Yeah, it, well, it's funny. All this, Almost every series, I think, what is it, 7 out of 8 or, or 2-1 now or something along that line? It's uh, This is close. It, the, the parody in the National Hockey League is awesome. And uh, the Minnesota Wild and St. Louis series, I thought every game was going to be 3-2 in overtime. But... They, they're taking turns beating each other up. Uh, Minnesota's good, very good. I think that the Colorado Avalanche are going to have their hands full once they finish off with Nashville, whether it's Minnesota or St. Louis. Okay, let's go back to the Certainty Hotline. we got Brian standing by. Hey, Brian, go ahead. Hey, guys, always so great to listen to you. You're always so knowledgeable and, uh, and informative uh, how you explain everything. I, I always really, really enjoy it. Uh, now that I've brown-nosed, um, just wanted to comment that uh, it's great seeing the Oilers bringing their A game consistently now and I feel a lot of this improvement that has happened uh, over the course of the season, the last half of the season plus the playoffs, has been their massive improvement on their 5-on-5 play. Uh, The specialty teams have been great as as you guys have said but I mean let's face it, uh, they don't tend to get a lot of power plays during a game and they couldn't always depend on that uh what's your comments on that well the five on five i'll look it up quickly here rob uh how the Oilers did five on five especially after woodcroft woodcroft took over i'll get it on the well they're they're much it's the way they play with the five on five one of the big things that two big things when before woodcroft took over the Oilers gave up way too many odd man rushes against and one of that was they would sell out on their four check and someone would get caught, and they didn't have a high man. So, so five on five, they were getting beat up that way. And the other ones, they were always their defensemen seemed to back off. So it allowed teams to come through the neutral zone and easy entry to their to the Oilers zone. So five on five, they spent too much time in their own zone. Now the way the Oilers play, their defensemen stand up all the time. They they pinch as much as they can on the boards, and they stand up in the neutral zone. They don't give up the the blue line. 
And the only way a defenseman can do that is if there's back pressure. And the Oilers forwards are much better at getting back. They put themselves in the the right place defensively. Well, yeah, and the uh, five-on-five scoring after Jay Woodcroft took over was, uh, I believe the Oilers were were they plus. I'm just sorting it here. Sorry, guys. Uh, The Oilers were plus 20 five-on-five scoring after Jay Woodcroft took over. Uh, Some other elite teams, Minnesota was very good. They were plus 31. Uh, Calgary was plus 31. The Leafs were plus 20, so same as the Oilers. Uh, The Blues were plus 17. Boston was plus 31. So, you know, the, the Oilers weren't the best, but they were decidedly plus. And don't forget, that includes they were uh, minus seven, five on five in one game when they had that awful night against the Calgary Flames. So that it has been a massive improvement for sure. Okay, Connor McDavid, the captain, another big night from him. Here he is. Sense uh, yourselves that the momentum is changing for uh, yourselves and the series? You know what, I thought uh, they had really good pushes tonight. You know, the score didn't necessarily show that, but you know, I thought they had a really good first period and we found a way to get two. And you know, obviously they pushed hard there. Um, you know, after the game got to, to five. So, um, you know, they had good pushes. Um, they're a solid team over there. They play a great system. Um, yeah. You know, this is a long way from over. You talked about those pushes, Connor. What about your goaltender? You stave off those pushes. What do you think of this play tonight? Uh, he was good. You know, um, you know, just a, a typical Smitty performance. You know, just solid. Moves the puck well. You know, gets us out of trouble there on the forecheck. So, um, you know, and he just kind of swallowed everything. Um, you know, nothing came off him, which is which is huge. Uh, you, you were sitting beside him after he made that mistake. He owned it. He said, you know, this loss is on me. He seemed disappointed, annoyed, but resolved that like he was going to do something about it. Have you noticed that the last couple? Well, I mean, there's there's going to be ups and downs. Um, there's no doubt about that. You know, there's going to be uh, things that go wrong along the way, and. You know, um, that's just one of those things, and you know he's played uh, he's played great the last two. Connor, what are you most happy about with your team in the last two games since that <coughs> loss? Of all the things that are coming together for you, like what do you think is you know the most meaningful? Uh, just finding ways to win games. That's that's all that matters this time of year. You know, it doesn't really matter how it looks or what happens. Uh, I think we've done a good job of uh, playing well, playing hard. You know, we've been physical. You know, they they kind of pushed back today, and I thought we responded well. Leon said early six nothing game and and their first home game playoff game here in four years. How important was it to have the quick start and play with the lead? Yeah, it was really yeah really important. Um, you know, anytime you can come into someone's building and and uh, and get the jump on them, I think it's it's huge. Um, you know, we were able to do that, but I thought they had a great first period. Honestly, you know, we did, I don't think we deserve to be up to there. Um, we made a couple good plays and and. Uh, and, and kind of held on there in the, in the first. And you know, I thought our game got going there uh, early in the second. Connor, how encouraged are you that you have one goal in the series, but your team is kind of filling in that? Yeah, it takes everybody. Um, you know, it takes everybody. Leon uh, mentioned earlier this week about the depth and how much that's improved over the course of the last 12 months, Connor. And when you have guys like Evander Kane and Zach Hyman, each contributing with multi-goal outings, just talk about the difference-making qualities that they bring to the table and, and leading to a team effort tonight. Yeah, I mean, just kind of piggybacking on the last one, you know, it's just, it just takes everybody, um, you know, up and down the lineup. And I thought... I thought Clotter's line was great tonight too. Um, you know, they brought a lot of energy, um, a lot of jump, and, and were physical and hard on guys. And you know, 
um, you know, again, it, uh, it takes uh, it takes all, and um, I thought we got contributions up and down the lineup tonight. In, in your estimation, as his line mate, uh, what's the most underappreciated or undervalued component of a Vander Gaines game? I mean, I think it's just it's 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 his finishing. Um, you know, he just seems to be in the right spot. Um, you know, he finds a way to, to put it in the back of the net. Um, you know, he's he's hard on the forecheck, physical. Um, you know, but he seems to be in the right spot at the right time. You got game under the game one out of the way. Do you kind of, kind of have a sense now that you guys have, have settled in and relaxed, and this is more like the regular season Oilers playing playoff hockey? Um, I don't think you ever settle in and, and relax. You know. Um, more comfortable out there. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, maybe a little more comfortable than uh, than game one. You know, there's always going to be jitters and and stuff like that. So you know, we got them out, and you know, we played two good ones. Special teams have been such a difference maker throughout these three games. Do you feel like there's been a return to the way the power play and the penalty kill were clicking early in the season? Um, yeah. Um, you know, I thought uh, early early in the season, like you said, it was real good, and um, you know, we kind of got away from that in the middle of the season, and then our five on five game got, you know real solid and then the special team you know kind of kind of dropped away so you know it takes uh it takes uh the the all all types of uh you know power play penalty kill five on five it takes all of it so um you know i thought our penalty kills done a great job what's the best two game stretch you've seen from evander and was there a point when he came to you guys that you sensed he was getting more comfortable um he's been real good um to say the best two-game stretch, I don't know, certainly the most important. Um, you know, definitely took him a, a little bit to get, get his legs going, and, and, and once he did, you've seen you've seen the results. So um, he's been real good for us and, and continues to be. That is Connor McDavid, two assists tonight. He plays 16-18, three shots on goal, went 50% in the face-off circle, nine out of 18 as the Oilers beat the Los Angeles Kings 8-2 Evander Kane with a hat trick. Okay, we'll get to more of your calls here in a second on the Certainty Hotline. Rob Brown, Reed Wilkins, Hartland Ford, overtime open line on 6.30, Chet. Able to brush off to no, heads for the net, shoots and scores, and that puts it away. Ryan Nugent Hopkins caps his best night of the series with the goal that seals the deal. Edmonton 6, LA 2. 8-2 would be the final. Nugent Hopkins with three points in the final six minutes. And that one, Rob Brown, first of all, great individual effort. He was one on four basically it scored the goal and his stick broke as he shot the puck <laughs> well i think that went a long way with the puck going in where it did i think as we've talked over the years with different goaltenders they they read the the angle of the stick they can tell where the player's trying to to shoot and i think the goaltender at that point uh, is reading that nugent hopkins is going somewhere and that didn't come with the velocity that it would normally come or probably hit the spot that it was supposed to hit. Uh, very rarely do you see a guy score where a stick snaps in half right in the middle of the shot. Most times you see a guy anger on the face of the player because he just missed a great scoring chance. Uh, it worked out, but just about everything worked out today for the Edmonton Oilers. Okay, we'll go back to the certainty hotline. We have Will standing by. Hey, Will, go ahead. Hey, how's it going, Reed? Good. Good, good. Um, I was going to say that Kulak, um, I saw him mixing it up with uh, Lemieux earlier, and uh, I've heard nothing but don't let 
Lemieux be a factor, right? And he was trying to do that all game. And the Oilers did a good job staying away from him. Yeah, exactly. I I was like, wow, great, great patience and great nobody being drawn in by that. That shows maturity and patience. And, like, if somebody wants to run around, like, there was some horrible cross-checks, right, in the first period and stuff. I was like, oh, don't be drawn into that. So... Yeah, well, I thought I thought that um, the one cross check Lemieux gave Barry after the whistle. <laughs> to me, that should have been a penalty. Well, and yes, McDavid got away with holding the stick before Moore was holding mm-hmm. his stick, so calls were missed. But uh, well, Kane Kane threw a pretty good forearm shiver once oh, that they didn't call. <laughs> Right at the, there was there was a lot. I know that Bob only sees when the Oilers don't get the call for them. There there was they let a lot a lot go tonight both ways. Um, but it, the one when Barry got cross-checked, they had the, the super slow motion afterwards and just the face that Barry made as he was getting hit, you knew it hurt. And it was like, are you kidding me? So, uh, Lemieux in there for one reason and he played it to almost perfection tonight, but the Oilers are doing a good job. They're staying away. Le- Lemieux on the ice is good for the Edmonton Oilers. If Lemieux it takes you off the ice with him, that's bad. So the Edmonton Oilers, you know what? Let him let him run around as much as he wants. The refs will find him when he ha- when they have to, but just leave him alone. He's not going to be a factor in the game. Yeah, well, and you said at the other game, Rob, if he takes someone off with him on a four on four, that's a, a win for the Kings because you know, oh, oh, I mean, there's there's no one on the Oilers look, that he's, would... he's an NHL player, but there's. You know, there's nobody on the Oilers that well, is worse this than you, so to speak. Well, make, you know to I mean? make it, to, to, to explain what you're trying to explain easier, Bren, uh, Lemieux wouldn't make the Oilers lineup. Yeah, there'd be there There'd be no one below him on the depth chart. He would be the bottom of the Oilers lineup. So leave him alone. Yeah, he did get a 10-minute misconduct late in the game after he got an interference penalty. Well, That's <laughs> where the refs are just like, well, we don't want to. He argued the penalty. Like, he ran across this. He saw an opportunity to run Cassian, and he did. And, and Bob calls it game management. Well, absolutely, it's game management at that point because if he doesn't throw him out, then Cassian's going to go after him. And then they're going to have a brouhaha, and then it's going to get a little bit ugly. Get him out of the game, and you're, everything's fine, and you can finish the last few minutes without with a little bit of peace. 8-2, the Oilers win tonight. It is uh, the hat trick for Kane. Two goals for Nugent Hopkins, plus an assist. You had two goals for Hyman. Dreisaitl scored. He also had an assist. CC three assists. Uh, Ryan, Pugliarvi, Archibald, Barry, one assist each. Uh, Bouchard, two helpers. McDavid, two helpers. So just great stats for the Oilers tonight. Uh, the ice time, you know, again, they're not having to overtax anybody here. For the defensemen, the guy that played the least was Bouchard at 18.50. CeCe played the most at 22.08. So that's all pretty close. Uh, for the forwards, everybody got to at least 10 minutes except Cassian got to 8.53. I mentioned McDavid played 16.18. Uh, Dreisaitl only played 14.57. I think Hyman played the most, Rob, didn't he? Oh, Kane, sorry. Kane played 18.21. Uh, no, the, it, it, when Bob Bob after the game was talking about the others haven't gone nuclear yet, they haven't had to overtax Connor and Leon. Well, that's good because when they play them, 
that much, it means things have gone wrong. And we've seen in the past that they don't have success. If Connor and Leon have to play 27, 28 minutes a night in the playoffs, well, then you're not going to win series. The Oilers, if you can play Connor and Leon 20 minutes, that means things have gone right. That means you've got uh, consistency through your lineup. And that's why the Oilers are winning this year. Yeah, you can line match against Connor, you can line match against Leon, but there's other guys in the lineup now that can make you pay. And that is a big difference for the Oilers this year as, it is, as opposed to the last couple. All right, quarter after midnight, Sir Robert checking in. Hey, Sir Robert, how's it going? Good, good. How you? Uh, how's it going with you guys? Yeah, we're doing well. What's on your mind, man? Um, well, I've a, I've a, I have a couple thoughts, but I, but uh, first, uh, I, I want to start with a thought here for Rob. Uh, Rob, I guess, uh, I guess my thought here is, uh, you think uh, after the first period that the Oilers up two nothing, the shots are nineteen seven LA. Do you think? Uh, do you, th- do you think that that somewhat maybe maybe factored into the end result in the sense of where Edmonton kind of kind of picked it up and LA was maybe kind of somewhat deflated thinking okay we we literally dominated that period yet we're down by two yeah two things on that one there's a deflate because you did play very very well and you're behind and two the LA Kings are not a team that can come back. They just don't have that kind of team. They're they're missing Arvidsson. They're missing Dowdy. They have to win with the lead. They've got to control the game. Then they can just slow the game down. They get into their five guys back, dump pucks out, uh, just play a slow, boring hockey game. But when you fall behind by two, you're in trouble if you're the LA Kings. So the combination of two different things, the fact that they fell behind and the fact that they probably felt that they shouldn't be behind at that point. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. No. I guess I have uh, uh, I have a couple more quick ones. Smith. I mean, Smith was Smith tonight. I mean, the two goals he let in. I don't. I don't personally think we're on him. I mean, Kopitar backhand bar down. Not much you can do there. Second one. I mean, he makes the save. The rebounds there. Just gotta gotta give credit there. I guess to where uh, credits due. And then uh, my, my last one. You know, I thought I thought guys like uh, Ryan and Archibald and Nuge, especially tonight, and Kane. I just thought like the whole team. The whole team was on again tonight. Now I get. Now I guess I'll. I guess I'll leave it with this. Um, as I was hearing a, a, a Jay Woodcroft there. He says he doesn't believe in the uh, carryover of uh, momentum. So personally, I agree with that. I think the Oilers, as as strange as as strange as this might sound, I th- I think the Oilers have to flush this too and move on to Game Four because LA LA is going to be, I would say, next game nothing short of desperate because they don't want to. They don't want to come back to Edmonton uh, down 3-1. So, yeah, I guess I'll I'll, uh, I'll leave it there, boys. Yeah, well, if it was a total goal series, <laughs> the Oilers <laughs> would be in even better shape. But you're right. I mean, the Oilers, two consecutive six-goal victories. They, you know, they refocused and did their job after the first one. Um, like we always say, Rob, it starts 0-0, and we talk about this all the time, too. The L.A. Kings are embarrassed and you would expect them not just to play motivated but to play a little angry i i, I would yep. think i mean if it's not their best first period of the season um then i i would think it's going to be pretty close on sunday night but the problem the problem for the kings is they have to be rewarded for playing well and tonight in this game they came, they were embarrassed in edmonton they came out in the first they were physical they got pucks in they were doing all the right things again and all of a sudden they're behind by two 
So I, I expect they're going to come out and play well. They just don't have the finish that the Edmonton Oilers have. And, I mean, they threw 19 pucks on net in the first period, and the Oilers at one point had seven and had two goals. Yeah. The Oilers just have better finish. And the LA Kings are going to come out. They're going to come hard. They're going to be physical. They're going to do all the right things. But they need to put the puck in the net. And if they don't get the lead, then they're going to find themselves in trouble again. Yeah, well, and we we often talk about the quality of the opponent too. And uh, the, the Oilers are a good opponent. I mean, we've often talked about that in the context of when the Oilers have, have lost to teams better than them over the years. But it, Todd McCullen said, well, we played the way that they want to play. But I think the Oilers are good enough to do that to teams though where they say well mm-hmm. we're we're gonna we're gonna force you to play the way we play and i think well, it did a lot i mean i said it after the second period the first 10 minutes of the second period incredible but like just mm-hmm. absolutely be relentless by the oilers tonight yeah and but a lot of it we, and we talk about you and i that if you have an outstanding period and you don't execute in that you know the other team's going to play better in the next period. It, 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 it always happens. It's like 99% of the time, if one team dominates a period, then the other team's going to come out in the second period and dominate. And the problem for the LA Kings, in the period that they played really, really well, they got outscored 2 nothing. Yep. And then the Edmonton Oilers came out, and they had their push. And the problem for, for LA is when Edmonton has its push, they've got three lines that are capable of scoring. And the LA Kings just couldn't handle that. And they didn't, they needed all world goaltending. They didn't get that. Uh, and if they get just average goaltending, they're not going to win hockey games against the Edmonton Oilers because the Edmonton Oilers will pick them apart. Okay, we got uh, one more segment. We do have time for you to call. We heard from somebody at the game in L.A. I'd love to hear from somebody who was at the watch party tonight here in Rogers Place, 780-496-0063-82 Edmonton. It's Heartland Ford, overtime open line. It's got a two-on-one. Drysaddle to McDavid. In over the line. Back to Drysaddle. He scores. One. Nothing. Edmonton. There would have been a penalty called against Los Angeles. Well, that got it started tonight. Three minutes, 50 seconds into the game. Four-on-four hockey. Drysaddle's third from McDavid and Bouchard. And the Oilers roll over the Kings tonight, 8-2, to take a 2-1 series lead. Jody was here in Rogers' place at the watch party. Jody, thanks for calling. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, you said someone should call in about who was there. What do you want to know? Well, well, how was the vibe? What did you think of the vibe? It was great. I mean, I'm a season ticket holder. I get to be there for a lot of the games, and... um, yeah, the energy's great. It was a younger crowd, I would say, and everybody's just having a really great time. And I just flopped. Did you throw your hat? You know what? Uh, I paid too much for my hat. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. I, I, I don't. I don't. I don't mind that. No, did you sit? I, I don't know how they did the ticket sales. Did you sit in your season seat, or were you somewhere else? No, you. Um, we had kind of priority purchasing about 10 a.m. the day of so i i just kind of picked something down a little lower where there's cup holders oh good thinking see that's a veteran move (laughs) yeah that is a veteran move right there that's that's awesome so what what how long have you been a season ticket holder uh well just recently i I used to be you know kind of quarter with a bunch of guys then i kind of took over the whole thing and 
and uh, I don't know, just kind of a morphing. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of an evolving situation, let's see. Are you going to come on Sunday? Uh, I'm not sure yet. It, it kind of depends on some plans. But, I mean, I have glitchy internet out in the rural area where I live. So, you know, it's worth an hour and a half drive. To go oh, would you mind if I ask where you are? Yeah, I uh, live out in the Marathorpe area. Okay, I grew up in Evansburg. Yeah, I know. I uh, Yeah, I mean, I listen to you... Uh, often enough to know that so uh I, I don't hold it against you at all in fact <laughs> no that's okay <laughs> isn't marythorpe no i think i play with a guy named lonnie spink wasn't he from marythorpe yeah i think so i i don't know him personally i've heard his name though yeah he's a very good junior hockey player lives right. around here now but marythorpe there's a few guys that played in the western hockey league from out there good hockey out there yeah it's a pretty good hockey culture out there and uh um you know we uh we have uh, Cohen Zimmer doing pretty well in uh, juniors right now, too. So. Oh, awesome. Cool. Hey, well, safe travels, Jody. Thanks for checking in. I appreciate it. That's awesome you called. Yeah, you're welcome. Okay, have a great night. Yeah. Uh, I, I love that, Rob. Um, I mean, Edmonton's a, a big city. so you know, over a million people now. But a lot of people, it's the... It's the center for a lot of people, and a lot of Oilers fans come in. I mean, obviously, you know, I used to work in Lloyd Minster. I talk about that a lot, and there were season ticket holders. Still, they'd get off work at 4.30 or 5 and, and head in for the game and watch the game and, and drive back to Lloyd that, that same night. The fans are amazingly dedicated, and I'm glad they've, uh, they're have they seeing some really good hockey this season and hopefully a lot of playoff games because it's going to be a lot of fun. It is going to be a lot of fun, and that's a heck of a drive coming in an hour and a half. You're a diehard Oiler fan. Good for him. All right, and you're okay from uh, Hockey Helps the Homeless? Your energy <laughs> level's all right? Uh, well, I, I realize I am old, and each day I go on the ice, it just reaffirms that. But, yeah, no, I survived. It was a, it was a fun day. Got to see a lot of good people and raise some money for a great cause. Okay. Go to bed, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good night, Edmonton. He's done a lot of good work today. Well, I guess yesterday. We're now into Saturday. Tell you what, get more on tonight's game, more on the Oilers uh, and on the Elks as well on globalnews.ca, 630ched.com. 8-2, the Oilers pound the Kings tonight. So our next broadcast is Sunday night, Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day coming up, everybody. Uh, face-off show is going to be once again at 6, and the game will start a little bit after 8 with Jack Michaels and Bob Stoffer. Thanks to Cam Moon, who joined me earlier on the Face-Off show, and a big thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer, back at the 630 Chad Broadcasting Compound. Oilers Hockey is presented by Friesen Brothers. On behalf of Rob, I'm Reed. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Good night. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.